everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast where we dive into every episode of Sex and the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm, do- I'm doing good. I'm, you know, well, you didn't ask how I was, so, but I'll oh, tell you. Oh, how are you? <laughs> I am well. We are in um, the future, as it were, right? Like, we're coming to we're, live from youtube we're but also in, in your ears yeah we're in the youtubes but we also yeah we, we're everywhere everywhere are we on twitch i is twitch around still are we on vine oh rest in peace are we on myspace are we on zanga yeah <laughs> live journal oh my god live journal what a time what a time. Remember MySpace, you just go to someone's page and it would just be blaring music attacking you? Yeah. What was like your a song? Paramore song, just like bouncing off the yeah. walls. Misery is business or whatever. Misery business. Yeah. I don't know that I'm the only exception. Let's cool down. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I apologize to everyone who's watching this. <laughs> I just feel like this added layer has like just I'm like I know I'm like very aware of things "Hmm." now we've got to like really look into it so if you are doing what you usually do which is listen to this perhaps take yourself over to YouTube and just watch the beginning and see two people who are like discovering technology for the first time (laughs) it's like fire has been lit no I I'm now very aware of like how I'm talk it's very trippy but we will get better we will we will the second to third one of the visual this is like yeah this is like the visual album for shortcomings yeah um and it's gonna be great what have you been up to what have you been watching are you watching anything good right now chris i just started the bear on hulu i I can't go on love it i haven't finished it yet so no spoilers everybody but it's so fucking good if i see one more picture of that ugly ass white man ugly yeah oh Oh. no unless you're talking about my king desi from girls because it's he's so good in it chris desi he's the reason i'm going to eventually find my way to it because i love him so much but that main guy that blonde strangly haired (laughs) fuck Chris, Desi from Girls is a star in this. He's a star. Show. No, but like in this show specifically, like he's so, everyone is so good. Everyone is so tapped into their performances. But it it's, is a thirty-minute comedy, right? That has it's no like jokes. a it's, it's a comedy, it's, but it's also a little dramatic. Like it's very tense, and it's about it's, like toxic kitchen culture. Not toxic. It, but yeah, oh. I mean, okay, it's a little toxic, but it's also just about like like this guy, he comes back, his brother killed himself, now he has to take over the family business. It's There's really a black good. woman that's being terrorized, I'm sure. No, she's like a star. She's like the like the head bitch. Oh, okay. I like that. And then there's Look- like this like it's just really well done. I'll support it for Desi from Girls, you know. I've been with him since Mona Lisa Smile. Followed him right through that movie to, you know, Girls. Happy to have seen him in um, Lizzie Holmes, whatever that show was called we watched. The Dropout? He was yes. in The Dropout? Yeah, he was the journalist who was, like, really trying to get to the bottom of stuff. <gasps> oh, my God, he was. 
he's wearing a lot of blue, a lot of khakis and crisp blue shirts. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's everything to me. So what are you watching right now? Nothing. Oh, okay. There's just like, I'm finding television to be kind of in a lull. It is like the August lull. Like there's really not a lot. It gears back up in September. But that's like network TV. No, but I still feel like shows kind of take like the summer off usually. Yeah, I mean, we're barely towards Never Have I Ever, um, which, you know, I love. Those are my favorite horny teens. Um, And I, oh, The Crown's coming in November. That'll set my heart afire. (gasps) Um, What about how we almost lost Sex Lives of College Girls? In the and just HBO like that, Max. I think is where you should have started, given the nature of this podcast. It wasn't. It was. Oh, oh! I thought because of Sex in the City, it would kind of just be like looped into like that. No, and just realm. like that is an HBO Max original. Oh, so it was on the bubble there, but we did hear today or recently that whoever is in charge has basically said he's going that everything safe for right now it's like well that just means today sir you yeah like what does that really mean okay i know all right I'm hoping uh, they get to work soon they got to get this going because they're I not know. afraid to just cancel something they're canceling 300 million dollar batgirl movies over here <laughs> i need to see che diaz again i need to i need to see our che i'm craving me some che at this point <laughs> i cannot wait until summer 2023 let's get going i'm craving me some che um Wow. Okay. Do you want to get into the episode? Yeah, let's drinking? do it. I mean, there's not really, huh? What are you drinking? Um, it is a little. It's I uh, iced red wine. Oh, it looked very refreshing. It 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 is, and it's so hot here. Um, as it is everywhere, the world's literally burning. Yeah. But we can't talk about the weather again. <laughs> no, we. I texted you last week, and I said, Chris, we talked about the weather for the first like nine minutes of. This like it has been really unseasonably hot. It, you know what? We're just living our truth, and we have to talk about the world, and that's what's currently going on. Absolutely. So let's get into it with a little episode synopsis. Carrie worries her timing is off after several run-ins with Big. Miranda and Steve discuss expanding their relationship. Charlotte is all in on Trey, and Samantha meets Lynn and gets her period. Yeah. Another period storyline. Great. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. We're all good turning red or whatever that Pixar movie was. Oh, I never Going saw red, that. Being clear? No, it's, that's the Scientology it's, documentary. It's burning red or something. Turning red, I think. Turning red. Okay. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's going to be, guys, this is going to be one of those episodes where we find ourselves talking about literally everything else. Sanity's going to come and go on this one. Because we're also, I feel like I'm having a little bit of an out-of-body experience knowing that I'm being recorded. Like, now I'm like, how do housewives do this? Like, how do people... Like, I'm not in my body at all right I'm now. not. I'm not tapped in. No. I'm not dropped in. Not Dropped in. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not. So, this is a strange episode that focuses on, like, timing in relationships but mm-hmm. I'm just going to say right up top that I feel like that's an interesting idea, but I'm not sure they landed it. Like, I don't think we really got anywhere here. Um, so what did you think of it overall? Or even like the theme of timing and the in terms of importance of relationships and dating before we get into the specifics? 
I mean, it was about timing, but it also, like you said, it, the plane kind of never landed. Like it was like, I thought we were getting somewhere and then like we didn't. And then it just kind of, it was such a strange episode because I felt like none of the women, it there wasn't that common thread that I could like really feel and see and like get in, get into. No, and it felt like they were trying to like loop back and make things work, and they really couldn't. And, and I've I seen like, a note here that I'm saying, should we talk about Ben and JLo? And I don't know why I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I also saw that, and I go, Ben and JLo. Ben and JLo. Well, because that was a this. lot about timing. They, they always yes, say... them getting back together yes. and timing. I was like, yeah. Ben and JLo. You're like, what do they have to do? Were they on the boat? Him has drinking again, like time. Yeah, but yes, like I think the conversation around when they got back together is mm-hmm. is that oh their timing wasn't right before and now their timing is right, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that's the case. And yeah. um, I think I was probably also like, there's not much to say about this episode, so let's. Yes, yeah, so you're ben like, let's talk about Ben and Jeff. <laughs> you know what oh, breakup God. I remember today, and it like hit me like a ton of bricks. What? Lauren Graham and Peter Krause. Someone reminded me of that in my DMs last week. And I and was, truly, I got tears in my eyes. I was like, I, I thought that I thought they I were thought they me were, to the end of my life. Yep. I thought that they would make it till the end. Like, I thought they were going to be together forever. And I thought he was going to pass first. We were going to see a sweet memorial from her. I, 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 and maybe timing will be right for them in a few years, you know? Like, we, maybe they I just guess, need it. Maybe they, Ben and J-Lo, while I don't think they're going to last, should be giving us hope that celebrity couples will just circle back. Do you know who I hope circles back is Chelsea Handler and Joe Coy. I hope they circle back. I have to tell you, I did not know who Joe Coy was until about three days ago when he appeared on The View. (laughs) Really? I was like, who? He was like very big, like in the 2000s, like on Chelsea's show and stuff. He was a comedian or is a comedian. Oh, huh. Did mm. never tap into him. Was he a Dane Cook-esque figure? Joe Coy was a Dane Cook. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I almost no. Him he Joe was not Coy. Dane Cook. He was. He would be on Chelsea lately all the time, and like he would like comment on celebrities. And then they fell in love recently, and I thought that they were Endgame. And then they made this really, really sad Instagram post about how they're breaking up, but they still love each other. And how they're like, then why are they breaking up before? Yeah, like, why are you breaking up? It's so sad. I don't sad. want to say anything unkind, but I don't what? know that she's um a woman. She's really softened because of him. Uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't kept up with Chelsea in years. Last I okay. left her, she was in a problematic haze and making documentaries on Netflix. Yeah, and starting a I CBD also... company. I also just for a second forgot that we were recording this video and I'm like itching my nose. I'm in like a hot, like a mop sweat. I know. I'm (laughs) fully sweating. Guys, if you want to watch us break down while recording, now I'm like really pushing people to YouTube. I'm like, you're only getting half the story. If you want to see what me, if you think we're maniacs, (laughs) jet yourself over to YouTube. Because Chris and I's face the whole time is just like, eyes bugging out of our heads <laughs> we need to move on because i was about to say we, we should do. get into keat <laughs> oh god yeah keat oh, god and then kanye now it's a lot with instagram post and i think that timing's all off over there 
But should we hear the monologue and actually discuss Sex in the City? Mm-hmm. All right, let's hear it. That night, I couldn't stop thinking about time. Was every second of our lives controlled by fate? Or is life just a series of random occurrences? If I wasn't perpetually 10 minutes late, would my life be totally different? Would I never run into Big? And would there ever be a good time to see him? Was Miranda right? Is timing everything? What a fun little sonnet in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to talk about the music behind there because we... That was like really beautiful. Oh, I was going to say, it's so annoying. I loved it. It was like giving Fantasia. But does that have anything? Is that something for that has maybe that piece is called like Sonata of Time? I don't know, but it begins at the scene in the bathroom right before the monologue is the scene in the bathroom where Samantha reveals she's older than them. And there's like a gong and like to punch up the joke. Then we go into this. I was like, what is going on with the music? Sex in the City, unlike and just like that, needed more needle drops. I need to hear All actual right. songs. If the Hills had a music budget, Sex and the City should have. Come on, I know. What's going on? What would you like to hear? I guess we'd have to go back to like what yeah, to music like was. I guess honestly, the pop popular music in two thousand wasn't really like hitting the tone of Sex and the City. So maybe it could have been a lot of covers, like yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Oh God. Okay. Um. Let's just get into Samantha. Yeah, let's just dive in. Actually, no, before we get into that, okay, I want to talk not. about the opening of the, the little montage that opens about timing. Okay. Where is Miranda going at 2 a.m., you think? With her little... I'm thinking she's leaving the office. <laughs> okay, that's probably the best. Yes, you are correct. I was like, I... what is happening? This woman yeah. shouldn't be outside of her home. That no. is perfect. Yeah. And then I want to ask, why does Sam need Chinese food when clearly she's sleeping with this guy? And then he, like, I didn't need sustenance. He was butt ass naked. She's fully clothed. And it looked like, and so it looked like they were at the beginning of their evening. And she's like, we got to eat some Chinese food first. She's fucking hungry. She got home from the club. I don't know that I'd order Chinese food before a fuck fest. Oh. No. <laughs> Personally, but I'm not the the woman that Samantha Jones is. No. Would you? No. 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 I'd have like a garden salad. Preferably I'm starving, honestly. I mean, I think they just needed someone, one of the girls, to be ordering Chinese food at 2 a.m. And they were like, it can't be Charlotte. So, you know. Yeah. Well, since we ended kind of there with Samantha, let's... Let's get into her. And her story really begins with that scene that I I think at the time been groundbreaking. But I'm not 100% sure how to feel about it now mm-hmm. where we're discussing a lot of stuff. So let's get into that and then discuss it. Okay. This is a catalog for premenopausal women. New transitions. Nice name. Why don't they call it what it is? J. Crew for women who are drying up. FYI, I am not transitioning. I am happening. So you just got on the wrong mailing list. I knew I shouldn't have signed up for that three-month Mirabella trial subscription. Last year, I bought a back pillow online and ended up with all these catalogs for trusses. You bought a back pillow? Yeah, at I'mGettingOld.com. Hmm, maybe I can interest you in some vaginal lubrication suppositories. Hmm. Listen to this. 
Sometime in the 10 years before menopause, you may experience symptoms including all-month-long PMS, fluid retention, insomnia, depression, hot flashes, or irregular periods. Mm-hmm. On the plus side, people start to give up their seats to you on the bus. <gasps> oh, my God! Vagina waits. Honey, my vagina waits for no man. Look at this. The Kegel Master. What's a Kegel muscle? It helps you stay tight down there. And I have one? If you have to ask, you haven't been doing your exercises. What exercises? All you have to do to stay tight is to tighten and release it for 10 minutes a day. Kegel exercises. I'm doing mine right now. Man, she's good. (gasps) Well, I, for one, can't wait for menopause. Do you realize how freeing it'll be not to have our periods? Oh, I can't wait till Flo stops coming to town. No one calls it flow. I think my grandmother did. Oh, it'll be nice to be done with the mind-numbing cramps. Oh, no kidding. I've got mine right now, big time. I hear that, sister. <gasps> oh, my God! I have my period, too. We're all synced up. I've heard about that happening. So what wow. the fuck's going on in this scene? To listen like to the... that is shocking. <laughs> it's like the writers just, like, a Cosmo magazine just, like, fell open in front of them, and they were like, uh-huh, put that in, put that in, put that mm-hmm. in. So we've got getting older, kegel muscles, menstruation, uh, vagina weights. <laughs> yeah, a lot of like puns on Samantha's part. They're syncing I, up. A lot of dot-com jokes. Yeah, a lot of internet humor. Um, wow, Samantha so, but, Jones really knows how to... How... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say like listening to it without like the visual. Samantha Jones should do an audiobook. She should. And she's incredible. I could also just picture her performance the entire time going like, mm. when she was like miming the cackle exercises, I was having a laugh. Yeah. Now, you know that I have given Sarah Jessica Parker every applaud award you could possibly give. I have mm-hmm. said multiple times, I believe her to be the greatest actress of all time, period. Period. Now, <laughs> when she said, me too, sister. I was like, look, that's a tough line to make work. Mm-hmm. And I think she did the best she could with it, but it was so clunky. So something Carrie would never say. It was very much like, keep it real, keep it real, you yeah. know? Keep it real, motherfucker, keep it real. <laughs> it was giving that. Do you want to tell the people what we, you and I have been texting one another apropos of nothing recently? Keep it real. No. Oh, no, it's, I always thought rap had a harder, or what is that? I always thought rap had a harder edge. Yeah. We keep texting it back and forth <laughs> to each other randomly. Randomly. Like it will be five five o'clock and I send a text. And I'm just 7 like, same, same, same girl. I thought it I too thought it was supposed to have a harder edge. I thought so, but he showed her he showed her the light. He showed her a different side of Sears. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this was just I don't know. It's one of those scenes that I'm sure at the time was so like oh, great, we have these women having a frank conversation about menstruation mm-hmm. and, like, their vaginas and getting older. But it felt so dated. I mean, like you said, it felt like they just kind of put period terms on the wall and just, like, threw things and whatever stuck, stuck. And they were like, we're using this. Like, it's strange. Like, none of them are really having a conversation. They're all just shouting things at each other like kegel muscles vagina weights you guys cool it i know like get out of here we do not (laughs) 
we do not I'm tolerate like happy it. for you all to talk about your periods but like all this the, the what you all are doing is wild well they're all like discovering things like about womanhood like at the same table it's really bizarre and i but what i I will say one of the great euphemisms of uh, life might be Aunt Flo. I don't know. It's a great... Whoever coined that term was really... A genius. That's good copy. Yeah. I mean, a genius. Yeah. So she doesn't get her period for a bit. And then she reveals that she's older. We talked about the gong. That's just completely unnecessary. (laughs) I did want to point out, Kim Cattrall is eight years older than SJP and Kristen Davis. Mm -hmm. And nine years older than Cynthia Nixon. And I think later we'll find out that she's, Samantha is 10 years older than them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, right? Yeah. Because I, I think when they turn, when she turns 50. They're all supposed like to be 40-ish. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I know at one point, or I think when Carrie, and there's the great moment when Carrie turns 35 and it's 35 to 40, I think it's 35 to 45. I have to go back yeah. and look at it. But Samantha says, welcome to my box. Yeah. <laughs> But I did just want to point that out because, you know, she's a great looking woman. Honestly, if they told me she was exactly the same age as them, I'd just be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. She just like acts older in like the way that she speaks, you know, like she has that like older mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a real mm-hmm. woman of the world. Yeah. That. Now, she's in crisis and we need to talk <sighs> about Lynn. Oh. What did you think of Lynn? Because I've got a note here that I swear to God. So what did you think of Lynn? He was vile, and it was very hashtag me too. Okay, great. Because I wrote here, I bet Sam will be into Lynn. You, you, you like to, you like that weird rocker. He was like cool and not like 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 sexually assaulting. I just could see a world in which you completely shocked me and were like, "Lynn's my guy. He's so funny. You like that old man she dated so much." I did. You loved him. You were like, I I like him. He's got moves. He did have moves. So I thought you'd be into Len saying, I'm keeping you on neighborhood watch. (laughs) No. Len made me sick. Um, (laughs) I hated his earring. He really was making me so uncomfortable. Like, at the mailboxes. Like, it was giving me the creeps. And I don't like that she gave him her apartment number. (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, babe. Well, I do want to share one thing. Lynn is, of course, played by an actor whose first name is Robert. And Lynn is the brother of three-time Tony Award winner, guest actress on the show Glee, Will and Grace and Girls, and my personal queen, Patti Lapone. He's, how is he related to Patti Lapone? He's Patti Lapone's brother, Robert Lapone. What? Then I just couldn't stop thinking, why the fuck haven't we gotten rogue Patty Lapone on Sex in the City? She lives no, in No, I'm I'm furious. I'm like I had she... to be stuck with Len. <laughs> Can we get the other Lapone actor in this in this show? Lenny Lapone? Bobby Lapone. Oh Bobby Lapone. His real name is Robert, me. not Len. Oh, not Len. <laughs> oh my God. I'm very I- I'm upset. But I, th- I will together? say that that gave me a little love of Lynn, that he, in IRL, is uh, related to Patty Lapone. No wonder he got the job. Yeah, he was like, my sister is literally Avita, so hire me. Like, yeah, I love her. But, so they're having sex, and then she gets her period. 
all over his sheets. And Samantha, like the queen she is, is like, I'm not paying. Gotta go. He's like, things are expensive. She's got the fuck out. She's like, you're disgusting. I will say that I think that is the saddest sex scene in the history of Sex in the City. It's horrible. That or the burger one where they're like not. But I think the burger one is supposed to be funny. There's nothing funny to me about this Lynn thing. Like, no, it was was sad. And no, the saddest one is when she dates Harry's friend and he's like a jackrabbit. Oh, and she gets her neck hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's supposed to be comically funny. And it is a shock each time you see it because they Mm -hmm. sleep together twice. And he really is just like. Yeah, he's jackrabbiting. (laughs) That's disgusting. But that's the one that I guess I'd say that one is the most triggering to me. This one makes me really sad. Yeah, and I don't like that he's like, honey, you're a virgin, or what did he get? Honey, or, you're a virgin, or um, Aunt Flo Aunt just Flo came to coming. town. All these sheets, they have 300 cotton. This is not Lynn's voice. No, but it's... Could you give me it, your best Lynn impersonation? Honey, I'm putting you on me. You're just doing what? Samantha. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> No, you're right. Okay, you do it. I'll see you around. I'm putting you on Neighborhood Watch. Wait, that's so good. <laughs> that was so good. All right. I, uh, I mean, what else can we say? It's We're 26 minutes in. We got to move on. We've dedicated yeah, we... way too much time to Len. Yeah. Let's uh, chat about Charlie and Trey. Mm. Let's. So... Charlotte and Trey, they're dating. We see that um, they're not sleeping together very early on. And Charlotte hangs out with Carrie. They're getting their nails done at a nail shop. Now, set design-wise, I've always found Sex in the City to be a show that was like, we're going to real play- a real place and shooting this scene in New York. This felt like they found a corner of an office building, threw up some tables, mm-hmm. and were like, it's a nail salon. Like... Like, no nail salon would actually have them. Yeah, this was not a real nail salon. Not a chance. So they're chatting, and Charlotte shares she's not sleeping with Trey, and that she kind of hopes to be re-virginized. And I finally wrote down, maybe Charlotte and I have nothing in common. (laughs) That's a big deal for you to say that. I know, because I was like, what's going on with this woman? It's, she's just trying to be the perfect woman for him. Like, because she just thinks he's the perfect guy. So she just, like, wants to be, like, a virgin and... She's got some strange hang-ups because God knows no one who's a virgin. Uh, You know what? I'm not going to say that. Say what? (laughs) I'm just going to say offhandedly. Because you said she's trying to be the perfect woman. I was going to say, like, well, God knows no one wants a virgin. Yeah, no one... No, and that's true. Unless the other person's a virgin. Um, and even then, I'm like, I'd honestly prefer someone with a little experience. One of us has got to take the, like... Take the reins. The ra- the reins. I was going to say the steering wheel. Oh. <laughs> I'm doing something visually. That's why you should go watch the po- podcast on YouTube.com. Yeah. Wow. YouTube. But I do want to say, I think that this whole... The whole virginity thing that is brought up at the beginning, the re-virginization... Mm-hmm feels like a strange detour that's never fully explored like it doesn't actually come into the thing to the rest of the story with trey it doesn't she doesn't mention it to the other women Mm -hmm. i thought like maybe later we'd see a scene where they all shared 
their virgin losing their virginity experiences. It just felt like it was dropped in for no reason. Like maybe mm-hmm. there was an article at the time about it that was really like popping, and they were like, yeah. "Oh, we have to mention this," but we're not really going to relate it. And it's one of those beats that really does relate to what we were talking about earlier, where mm-hmm. nothing congeals. Yeah, it was very random. And I like I would have loved that conversation at dinner over the other strange conversations. But I guess at the time, like you said, that conversation at dinner about the Kegel muscles, like that was like very, you know, revolutionary. But yeah, I this think, is I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it is. women had, did not know about syncing up, but I, I have to imagine did, an episode of have... Facts of Life covered syncing up. Uh, yeah, but the Kegels exercises definitely not kegels i think that might have been why are you calling them kegels kegels is it kegels it's kegels what's a kegel is that a type of pasta a kegel is not a type of pasta a kegel is a nothing (laughs) so anyway what did you think of charlotte and trey on the boat oh terrorizing carrie terrorizing her (laughs) i was Uh, having a laugh I was too. I thought to myself, watching Trey and Charlotte, I was like, these two have perfect chemistry for this show. Like, they're really funny together, but because, and they're not trying to be funny. Like, they're trying to, like, no. And that what I know? found both actors are good at is being true to the annoying. They're so committed to how annoying they both are. <laughs> yes. And that's what makes it funny in a meta world for us to watch. Yes. But, like, within it it works so perfectly every time it cuts to carrie and she's like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh i got it yeah Yeah, she's like i remember (laughs) you told me yeah i i just i could watch that scene forever there the way they're i just think they have such good easy they do chemistry i mean they cast kind of the perfect male charlotte yeah it's perfect I can't wait till we get him on the tennis court. And then he gives her an expensive watch. He's so hokey. It's about time we met. I'm like, I love this guy. He's my favorite character. He's a sweetheart. He's a good guy. And so Charlotte really is all in. And I thought it was very crazy when they say we're doing brunch and bathroom. I was like, I don't think all going to the bathroom together should literally be on the agenda of your afternoon. Yeah, that was weird. I don't but think I've But then ever Miranda said that. shares one, in my opinion, one of those like classic Sex in the City things um, and the concept of his light being on. Yes. It's not fate. His light is on. That's all. What light? Men are like cabs. When they're available, their light goes on. They wake up one day and they decide they're ready to settle down, have babies, whatever, and they turn their light on. The next woman they pick up, boom, that's the one they'll marry. It's not fake. It's dumb luck. I'm sorry. I refuse to believe that love is that random. Please, it's all about timing. You got to get them when their light's on. Most men I meet are flashing yellows. We're off duty. They can drive around for years picking up women and not be available. Then they really shouldn't be allowed to get behind the wheel. Most men don't stay lit long before they take the plunge versus most women who've been lit pretty much since birth. I... I don't know that I actually love this as much as I remember loving it, but what I Mm -hmm. will say is is that it's one of those idiosyncratic things that has crept into, like, my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. if I was talking to... I have talked to friends about dating, and I've used the expression, oh, his light must be on. Mm -hmm. 
It's kind of like I, the lobster from Friends. I mean, there are just certain things that come from television that I think do slip in. And sometimes I think Sex and the City really tries to get something going like that, particularly in the earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. In season one, it's like he's a modelizer. It's like, cut, cut that out. <laughs> That's not, we're never going to use that as a phrase. No, 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 no. Or, um, well, I guess he's just not that into you did actually get out of control. And that comes from this show. I, you know... I think it's true, like what Miranda is saying. But Carrie is so annoying during the whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm just like, Shut yeah, the she's fuck wearing up. that red crop top, that tube, that and red tube. She's chomping top. on that fucking gum again. Like the whole I know, but episode. I told you the gum is thematically important. Chris, you gotta I get know, over it. I understand, but when she's just chomping away, I'm like, oh, see, now and then I she's just like did yelling at everybody about their and... tampons. Okay, but she needed one. Then don't give yours to someone else if you need it. She's a good friend. It's one of the, actually the few altruistic things I've seen Carrie do on this show. <laughs> oh, God. But so after, again, one of their many dates, Trey, you know, is hanging out. He can't get inside Charlotte or the apartment. And mm-hmm. he leaves and then knocks back on the door and says... The three little words she's wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting, she doesn't really say them back, I don't think. She just gives no, them a she hand doesn't. Job. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't I say want... them back. So, w- I guess we have to talk about this, right? Because we're to believe, we're not meant to believe. We know she gives him a hand job. Uh huh. Nothing is a problem there mm-hmm. because it's not until later in a few episodes on there, the night before their wedding. He'll show up and not be able to um, take it home. Come to fruition. Yeah. Why isn't it a problem now? Do you think the writers came up with that later? Do you think hand jobs would have always been on the table in their marriage and it was just penetrative sex? Although even at that point, she just goes for it and it happens, right? Yeah. Because isn't that Trey's problem? It's not that he can't get hard; it's that he has he premature ejaculates, right? No, I thought he couldn't stay hard. Like, I thought, like, the sales can go up, but they don't, then they go down. Okay. And he can't, like, perform. It has to be, though, that he premature ejaculates in that one moment. Oh, no, because she says Trey can't get it up, so maybe nothing's Mm -hmm. happening. You're right. And then remember the paper ring around the penis that Carrie's penis idea thought of? Who, Carrie thought of that? Yeah, she was like, you gotta put put a ring of paper around his dick. Like, and oh I can't wait to get to that episode because I hope it's like I hope they at least say like I was reading this on the internet because if she just she had wasn't. done that before she's crazy. No, and that's when they're in LA. Father God in heaven. When we see Vince Sivani. Uh, but we do see that wonderful dick model who I can't wait to get to. Oh God, who like yeah yeah we'll get to He's that. He's a wild character. I love him. Excuse me. And I like Carrie Fisher also. Of course. And Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, okay, looking so forward to it. Episodes. But what do you? Th- I don't love those episodes, but I guess I like those appearances. Um, so, what do you think, though, of like this? Descri- like, clearly, there's a discrepancy here. They had not decided that Trey was impotent at this point. Correct. And for I the think... wedding to be in a few episodes, it feels like you guys could have figured this out. Yeah, I mean, we don't know that, like, how the the night went with his hand job. Um, 
I but think we're to we're believe, to believe that well it's right. fine. Yeah, we're yeah. because she doesn't know about that until so then. So maybe he just can't have sex. Or like I guess maybe we're, maybe we're meant to understand that. Because he can give himself a hand job. Yeah. The rush of marriage, though, is what ultimately triggered yes. his um, impotency. Yes. So it's the night before the wedding. It's during their marriage at the beginning when they're not really getting along and can't figure things out. Because ultimately, um, he uses a, sh- I don't know what he calls his dick in one episode, but I it ha- I can hear him Schooner? say. He, but then also at one point. And Rebecca? His Johnson. He calls it like his Don Johnson, but not Don Johnson. It has a full name. Yeah. It's like hmm. my hip Johnson is at attention and then they're fucking on the Mallards. Oh yeah, the Mallards. I can hear her scream, yeah. Trey, I, Trey, I'm on the Mallards in my like nightmares. It's one of those line readings. I life. can I can hear I can hear Charlotte going like, mm, I love your schooner in my Rebecca. I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> Disgusting. But I love those two crazy kids. I do too. <laughs> um, I'm gonna let you take over for a bit because I don't want to talk about this next part. And it's Miranda. Oh, okay. I was like, are you go? I thought you were like leaving. <laughs> I was like, oh, Bye. Okay. Yeah, I was like, guess it's just me. <laughs> okay. <sighs> just take a moment. This is a tough one. Hold on, and I have I a sip. Told- yeah, I told you about this a few weeks ago. I said, Chris, there's going to be a tough episode for Steve and for us. And every episode's been that, but this one. <laughs> but this one in particular. He's peak Steve. This one, if you fucking Steve lovers are out there, you motherfuckers, you dumb you bitches. If you haven't Steve seen this love? episode. Like, do you get a lot of DMs from people that love Steve? Honestly, I'm more getting like, thank you, you've turned me around. I know, same. It's like people just needed it pointed out to them. Like, it's like we're holding a mirror up. It's, you know, it's weird. Because, you know, I was a Steve girl. Remember? And, and you about turned this. me around. As was I before we started this podcast. I mm-hmm. really did not expect to come. But from the moment that curly-haired little fuck showed up <laughs> in season two, I've been like, I don't like this guy. Okay. So this episode. Oh, my God. This episode, they go out to their favorite, what I'm assuming is their favorite Chinese restaurant. They're There's slurping a baby up there. noodles. They're slurping up these noodles. There's a baby crying, acting up, and you can hear it in the background. And Steve looks at Miranda and is like, we should have a baby. And she's like, I'm sorry? A baby? And he's like, yeah, we should have a baby. It would be fun. He says, Yeah, hang like out that. with the baby while, I, while I, you're at work. Um, Then I'll go to the bar at nighttime. I know. And Miranda's like, Miranda drags him. And she's like, oh. It She's was like, the drag oh, of the century. it was the drag of the fucking century when she goes, oh, so then I can go to work and work and make money for to pay for the apartment that we that you're Live watching on the Sesame Street. Live in with this imaginary Street. baby. Yeah, I was like. Steve dead, never seen again. It's dead. Like. And she literally said, she's like, we're not in a good place. Like, why do you think having a baby would be a good fucking idea? And he's just like, I hope my, I hope the baby inherits my positive attitude. Shut and they've the only up. been living together for two, two months. months, which means that they haven't been back together that like they have not been together that long. Yeah, it's upsetting. I mean, it's crazy. If someone said we should have a baby over noodles, I would be like, are, are you well? No, and be like, it would be fun. And then 
what? So then Miranda can stay up all night long while you're at the fucking bar working? Which you don't even own, you scrub. And again, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I want to be very clear that I support restaurant workers. Yes. And bartenders. I've dated many of them. I only reason I won't anymore is just basically like just time, time. which is why it would be difficult to have a child with someone who was out until, and particularly in New York City, I mean, bars aren't closing until 3, 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. But just Steve is not the one. He, let's put it this way. Steve ain't the bartender you should have a baby with. No, 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 There no, are no. many great bartenders who I would have children with, even though I don't want kids. Steve Brady is not no. one of them. And just the way he's, like, presenting it to her, I'm like, this is really something you want. This is not the way to go about it. So then she is now having this, like, she's going back and forth in her mind like is it real do i really not want to have a baby with him am i sabotaging the relationship what like she's like what is my problem right now well sam it ele- it escalates quickly because and that's kind of like this whole episode i felt like everyone only had like two scenes but they were very long mm-hmm. because miranda's trying to work mm-hmm and Steve is watching Scooby-Doo. <gasps> oh, I forgot about this. And she fucking snaps. Hey, well, you're going to have to get used to a noisy house if you're going to have a baby around. Zoinks, don't look now. The company's going. Okay, look, I've been thinking about this baby thing. We're really not in a great place right now. And I don't think, can we have this conversation, please, without Scooby-Doo? It's a great one. It's the one where they find the ghost in the old salt mine. I'm serious, Steve. Turn off the cartoons. But Scoobs, what about the ghost? You know what? Forget it. Miranda. It was then that Miranda realized she may have already had a baby in her house. I want to shelve this whole baby thing for a while. Yeah, okay. You got it. And put a coaster under that glass. And turn off the lights before you come to bed. My heart is racing. I feel like I was just like at my friend's house and like their parents are fighting and like I'm eavesdropping. Like that is one of the it, realest scenes in Sex the City. I mean, it when the clip first started playing, I was like, is this man okay? Like nothing he said was like it all slurred together. Oh. And he and look. How are I you? Just want, I just want to say. Wellness check. I'm not well. Yeah, as much I as I hate Steve, I do want to make very clear. I think at this point, the writers are doing him so fucking dirty. Like, this is a grown man watching Scooby-Doo. It, all they should have done was have him in, like, a long t-shirt and, like, little undies to make him, <laughs> and sitting on the floor. Like, at least they gave him the dignity of sitting on a chair. I mean... <sighs> The fact he knew what episode that was. He was like, it's the one with the ghost. When he did the impersonation. But Scooby, <laughs> to hear Scooby-Doo through the lens of his already wacky-ass accent. <laughs> but Scooby, like, it's like crazy. It's like putting a hat on a hat. You can't do it. They truly, like, she, she ended it there, right then and there in her mind. Right yeah, it was one of there. those like yeah, and then she like, goes for a walk with Carrie after they've had martinis, and she talks about how they're basically their whole relationship is through this parental lens, and she doesn't like that, but she's also aware that she might be self sabotaging. Um, 
Carrie is listening, but not necessarily the most supportive. She's just like, we drank a lot of martinis. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But then she's working. Yeah. And once again, trying to work time and a half, it says. Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, I come, come down here. I really think this could help. And she shows up to what I, I'd imagine is like a Petco, a New York City Petco. Yeah, I don't know. And I felt so bad for, I, I will say, I felt bad for the idea of Steve as a fictional character because they didn't, the writers didn't even give him the dignity of going to and like to adopt a dog. I was like, can't they have sent him to a shelter? Like, this is like, they're really layering on this guy for yeah. reasons we would dislike him. <sighs> the fact that he calls her out of work when she's trying to make partner to and go look at this. a dog thinking that is going to solve their relationship issues is very strange. Strange and awful. Awful. An awful thing to do. And also the breed of dog that they got is very high energy. Well, I was going to say, I will at least say, I think Scout is very cute. Oh, no, he's very cute. But, but they like, should have gotten an old energy. dog. They should have done anything. They shouldn't have gotten a dog. Anything but a puppy. A cat. <laughs> a Get puppy. a cat. Well, they, they have Fatty. I know. Get another one. But there's literally nothing worse than bringing a puppy into a relationship. Like, there, there's so much. I mean, I guess other than a baby, which is more more stressful. Yeah, but, like, there's no, But at the end of the day, I feel like in some ways the dog is a little bit more stressful. Because it's a, like one person's always thinking, like, we're going to return this, right? And the other person's like, no. So I, whereas like with a baby, everyone's, you're kind of like, okay, we did it together. It. We're stuck with it. Like we've got to see our way through this. A dog's like, yeah. no, like I could break up with you if I wanted to get rid of this dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and ultimately. A lot of people get dogs actually in their relationship. I've seen it happen a bunch of times where they think that will bring them together and make them feel closer. But really it just like. They're like, it's just a dog. Like, I can break up with you and take the dog or leave the dog, whatever. Yeah. I, well, don't get me started on couples who split custody of pets. I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like, and I love dogs more than anyone. But, well, like, yeah, I would never go through the emotional turmoil of seeing an ex because just to, like, we're not splitting custody of the dog. Either give it to me or it's your dog. I can't. Mm-hmm. I know. I agree. Um, But so then Steve is, of course, not helping Miranda's trying to get the dog to rest. For some reason, they've this decided the dog need to be in a box right next to their bed. I was like, um, there are many ways to do this. You have a large apartment. Mm-hmm. I don't think the dog needs to be directly next to your bed in a box. No, and then she hands the dog a clock with a Kleenex wrapped around it. And it's like, this is supposed, supposed to be, to be your mom's heart. And like, where did you get this information, Miranda? Like, is that... And I'm like, I have never heard of that, but I yeah. guess maybe. I'm also not sure a ticking clock is exactly like a heartbeat, but maybe it is. I mean, I get it. Like, I it, sure, but also it's a hard clock with a Kleenex. The dog will eat it. Also, why did she want? No, why did she even need to put it in a Kleenex? I would have just thrown Steve? the clock in there. What does she care? The way that she punches Steve to wake up. Oh, she snaps. Uh, she snaps like she literally th- throws her body on him 
But then they have the conversation finally and decide this isn't working. I will say, I think that David Eigenberg and Cynthia Nixon are very good together and really raw. I mean, hate Steve as I do. I do think there is something really heart-wrenching when he says, there's good stuff here. And she goes, not enough. Yeah. And then she says, I really tried. And I just, I found it actually a very affecting, sweet scene. Yeah. Um, It was like, got it got pulled at my heart. Now, one thing I do want to say that I really dislike is that the breakup ends by saying Miranda lost her partner, but then gained 15 more because she's made partner at her law firm. I really dislike, and we're getting into it over the next few weeks, the show's obsession with giving the women something, but they have to lose something. Yeah. Like, I don't know that we need to be having, I don't know that we need stories where it's you can have personal success or professional success, but not both. Mm-hmm. Like there, I just felt that was a little too on the nose. Losing one, getting it, it just felt a little like really, yeah. We're doing that. I it just felt very lazy and unnecessary and not true to like how life actually works. Mm-hmm. I, know. I don't know. What did you think of that moment? I don't know. I think it. I get what it was supposed to symbolize, but at the same time, I do agree. And this show, and specifically, they always are taking something and then giving them something. Like they can't have it all. They can't. Uh, yeah, I guess the inherent thesis of Sex and City is is you actually can't have it all. Yeah, and I think that we. What a slogan. Yeah, yeah. but um, Sex and I think City, we, you just can't you, have you it all. You just can't have it all. You just can't. I, but I think as a culture, we've progressed into an understanding like you can have it all not all at the same time Mm -hmm. and you can't i i I think it may have been oprah i can't really remember who said like i'm i can be successful in every aspect of my life but like it means i am giving something up but not in Mm -hmm. the sense that like oh i'm losing something it's just oh did i go to this it couldn't have been oprah because i think it was about children so it was someone i think it was an actress who said yes i succeeded at my job as an actress today but i missed something but it's like Mm -hmm. it's not that i'm not still a mother Mm -hmm. and so i i don't know i don't love the binaries here and over the next few weeks there's just a ton of them they keep hitting you with it yeah let's get into carrie oh yeah this bitch can't get to the dry cleaner. <laughs> she can't. Which I think probably has very clear timing on a list somewhere. Maybe not mm-hmm. on a website at this point. Um, but on maybe. the door that she but bangs I'm... on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So get there. Get there. And also, there is a quote in this episode where she's like, if I wasn't always 15 minutes late for everything, why are you 15 minutes late for everything? And you say that as someone who's probably 20 to 25 minutes late to everything. No, Chris, I am punctual. I believe I watched you hunched over your bed looking for your cell phone while your cousin was literally getting walking down the aisle. Okay, that was one time. That was one time. Every, Every other time I'm very punctual. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if I trust it. Yeah, that was a really chaotic time. It was a chaotic day. And the fact that you held me on the phone. Oh, I was like, I'm not hanging up. You can't hang up. We, we got to see this through together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's going to the, Carrie's going to a magazine launch party on a boat. Aiden decides not to go. And we get Mr. Big. 
Oh, I gotta did. say, guys, it was good to see him. I know he looked so good. Much like Min's Warehouse, I liked the way he looked. Yeah, he just it felt good to see him again. That moment where the per- where they're at the charcuterie board or platter or whatever, and that man like kind of pushes Carrie into them. Mm-hmm. It was hot. It was so hot, and she was like, "Oh, like she was such a Carrie." And it's awkward at first, but they work through it and mm-hmm. spend some time together. And I just thought this is like what to me about the show works. It, it when it's not about just the girls. Big and Carrie have the chemistry that keeps the scenes moving. Mm-hmm. When I had to watch Carrie in that disgusting bed with Aiden and those goddamn necklaces, and to the shorties out there, I'm not gonna let the list the necklaces go. They're have you like, been getting messages? Yeah, they're like, oh. he should be able to wear this. And I'm like, should he? They're hideous. That twine, that rope. <laughs> and she plays with them at one point. For some reason, Ugh. she's in a male shirt just in bed. They're, he's slopping down Chinese food, Chinese food through his fat maw. <laughs> so tired of him. Well, yeah. <sighs> We're going to see the end of him pretty soon. Um, We were talking about Big and Carrie on the boat. There was chemistry. We had to see Aiden. Yes. And so then she worries about her timing with Big. And then one thing I was thinking about is, is that there's so little Carrie in this episode. And I wondered if it's an intentional choice by the writers because Basically, the whole point of this show is is that she's supposed to be sharing things, right? Mm-hmm. The more scenes you get, you get is like she needs to be going to a girl and talking, one of the girls and talking about it. But mm-hmm. she's not yet comfortable talking about her feelings for Big. And there's even an ambiguity in the monologues mm-hmm. about where she is. And so it felt like, oh, we can't have a lot of Carrie in this episode because the feelings she's going through aren't at the point where they can be demonstrative yet. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then Aiden's sleeping over that. I did think it was weird that at this point, like... He was going to get coffee? Well, they've had dinner together. Oh. They come back to her place and she says, do you want to sleep over? That to me feels like a very early part of a relationship. And it feels like at this point they should be in it enough. Yeah. That they understand that if we had dinner and go back to one of our separate residencies... Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm spending the night there. You don't yeah. need to ask me unless she meant it. I guess you could argue maybe she meant it in like a cute I, way. I took it as that. Like, but I then took he it, like, didn't oh, follow up with cute flirtation. Well, he of course he with, didn't. He followed up with lot. If she meant it flirty for him to reply. All right, I'm going to set the coffee maker and go get some filters. It's like, no, sir. Well, that was then think... when you pick me up and fuck me on the floor. Well, he's not doing that. No, that. No, 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 he isn't, is he? <laughs> so tired of him. Yeah. Well, he leaves and he does, oh, he's just so gross. And then he that leaves shirt. and who knocks on, she, oh, we should say she gets the voicemail, turns it off quickly. Mm-hmm. Then I had genuinely forgotten that Big shows the big up comes. at the apartment. Yeah. I thought she was just going to listen to the voicemail once Aiden left. Mm-hmm. When she opened that door and I saw mm. Big. Leaning against the door frame. Mm, mm-hmm. mm, mm. I th- and, and I just thought he, it was so, um, I guess there's no way to say this. And right, we clearly, I clearly understand 
the actor who played Big to not be a good man. Uh-huh. But I think he's very good in this scene. As so actor. good. I think that we he he's playing the Carrie, really, right? She mm-hmm. has now more control, and he plays the unsettled feeling that that must cause in a man like Big very well. Mm-hmm. It was It's so good, and you can see in her face that she's now confused and frustrated and like doesn't know what she wants but does like you can just see it all play on her face it's just such a good scene between the two of them and she le- he leaves and she plays the voicemail mm-hmm. hey Carrie I'm here on your corner I know you're home pick up I uh I Jesus well, I miss you. I can't fucking stop thinking about you. There you have it. Oh, big. But now we also have to talk about what the fuck is that guitar string? What is that guitar? It was like country bumpkin music. The music in Sex and the City is crazy. And I never heard it. Like, until right now, I'm like, wow. Yeah, take okay. the visuals away and you're really late really there. Do. Wow, it's a lot. Now, I have to ask, why is Carrie's voicemail machine directly next to her door if her phone's next to her bed? Don't they have to be connected? No. Is she running a long cord? Okay, you can just have them separate? Yeah. Okay, I was like... like you would have, like, a charger for your phone, and then you'd have the separate machine. Ah, okay. I was like, does she have two separate phones in this very small apartment? Mm-hmm. Um, but I really love that moment. And, of course, I think it's a nice nod... Um, this voicemail clearly um it'll be a voicemail in the finale of the original series that will bring them back together when charlotte is there at the apartment but then that little machine is near the bed now that that little machine can, moves it around. Move. it's gonna come and go that little machine, yeah. whatever it be called well we're gonna see it again i think in next week or two weeks oh we're gonna see it again yeah mm-hmm. oh god i can't wait I will say I typically am very good about not going forward. I know. I had to for these ones. Yeah, I, I finished good. this one and was just like, nope, I, I next can't. Next episode. Not. And then that one ended and I was like, well, I got to watch the next one. Then I did yeah. stop. Okay. You showed restraint. Yeah. But I want to then hear the ending of this episode because I think it is one of the more iconic endings of a Sex and the City episode. Okay. There it was. Exactly what I had needed to hear a year too late. I should have been happy, but I wasn't. It was the absolute worst timing of all. Ten minutes later, Aiden still hadn't come back. Suddenly, my life was all about timing. All the right things said at all the wrong times. My past coming back way too fast. And my future taking way too long to come home. I love um, the idea that Carrie shares when she says she's basically saying she's somewhere between her present and her, her future and her past. um, And that she's waiting for her future to come home. And I don't know, there was something very, I thought moving and beautiful about how it all tied together so well, the Mm -hmm. voicemail into that ending. Um, It was one of the more effective endings and one that I don't think about a lot but is now one of my favorite Sex in the City endings to an episode. I mean, I would have to put it right up there with her dancing in the closet at the end of The Real Me where it stays on her. 
Mm-hmm. And, or the knock of the vase uh, when she reads the post-it note. <gasps> I love that. And I was like very moved by the end of this episode. Or of course, you know, next week's ending, which is um, it's a good one. Pretty good. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to just say that in, in this episode and in a few that are coming, there are all these um great shots of people lingering at doors. Mm-hmm. Um, big here throughout. Um, Aiden. I'm sorry, not Aiden, Trey and Charlotte, Mm -hmm. that whole thing. And it reminded me just of one of my favorite Stephen Sondheim lyrics, not to be highbrow, but from this one, from the, and it is from a show company, which is all about dating in New York City. Um, Then you leave a person dangling sadly outside your door, which only makes you gladly want you, which only makes me gladly want you even more. The idea that like, that like which almost maybe doesn't happen in modern dating but taking someone home like i think most now when you go on first dates you um depart at whatever place you yeah no one's taking you home yeah but Unless i you're think like that back. must have been a much more prominent thing and so walking someone home and that kind of dangling outside their door the way you might be like leaning against the door frame mm-hmm wait on the precipice of like is this going to go further is it not and how when the door closes honestly what it it does make you want more of that person in a way than when you just have like an awkward hug outside of a restaurant and you just leave yeah yeah i don't really need more of that feeling yeah wow i mean that's actually really beautiful chris thank you for sharing well i didn't write it stephen sondheim did i know but like your brain took us back there what did you think of the fashion um, we got a couple crazy looks from Carrie. She had the purple tights on at one point, running to get her dry cleaning. I do think Charlotte and her looked really pretty on the boat. Um, I thought they both looked great. I love Charlotte's black dress and pink coat when she runs into Trey's arms at the very beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. I also loved Carrie's blue polka dot dress with the big pink the flower, flower when she's walking Very with um, Miranda. Those were my favorites, and I thought that tube top monstrosity she wore to brunch in the bathroom was alarming to my eyes. It it was something. It was like a bandana, which is like what <laughs> the kids are wearing these days again. I guess, yeah. So always a trailblazer, Miss Bradshaw. Yeah. What'd you think of the men? We had Aiden, Big, Trey, Steve, and Lynn. I'm going to have to go with Trey. You know, I'm honestly going to have to go with the man who Samantha was sleeping with at 3 a.m. He was the star of the episode to me. Oh, the naked man? Yeah. Yeah. Don't have a name on him. Naked man behind Samantha. That's my pick. Because I, you know, Trey, he's had better episodes. And just the other men were just a little bit of a run and amok. Yeah, everybody was kind of, it felt like kind of a blur of an episode. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I couldn't really land anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, it's one of those episodes that we I watched a few times, and I was like, it never really lands on me. I can't quite figure out where we're going. But of course, that's, um, it is on the precipice of something quite big. So they had to wait. Yeah, they kind of had to. Yeah, exactly. You have any hot takes on this one? Um... I don't think so. I I mean, it, it, I like guess, we said, it's just kind of an ugh episode. Yeah, 
but what well, well I don't really have any hot takes but what I'll say is is that while I thought it was a bit of a meh episode it's mm-hmm. one of the ones that I would have probably gone in giving it a five but through this conversation I'm giving it a seven out of ten wow because I I'm think that there's things in it that while we were talking I realized are really well setting up like what is like my favorite part of this entire show yeah, no, and I can't wait. I can't wait to get to those episodes. We've been saying I mean, it since day one on this podcast. It's gonna be really sad when the affair is over. I know. I mean, but I then we get into I... like more stuff. Like, I, know, I know, and I do love Aiden. when a- I while I hate Aiden, I do like the circle back. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and I went right through the episode where where Natasha falls down <gasps> and smacked her face oh and smacked God. her little face on the pavement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof, guys. Wait, what? So, what would you give it out of ten? A six. Six. Yeah. All right. That I think it's like an okay thing. episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our review or review. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a review. <laughs> yeah. Sure. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of season three, episode nine, "Easy Come, Easy Go." Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. And of course, guys, now you can watch us. So sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I don't n- know. We should have figured out the proper language this before, <laughs> before, but watch us on YouTube. Yeah. Um, rate, subscribe, and review us there also. Um, the link will be somewhere. <laughs> It will be on our Instagram, so just and it'll go be in there the, in the um, in the little description. Yeah, we're gonna put it there. Yep. And um, we hope you enjoy looking at us, <laughs> and also listening in the traditional way. So if you don't want to get over to YouTube, just don't go. But also go. We no no no. We want you to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're gonna listen once on your phone, and then you're gonna listen again on YouTube with your eyes. Yeah. And I'm going to stop talking now and we're going to end this because I don't know what we're talking about because I don't understand the internet. Bye. Bye, guys. A Huda Media Production.